this week's episode of The Insatiable Appetite. I'm Judy Harris, Market Research Director here at the Hartman Group, and I'm here today with my colleague, Stas Scheckman, Senior Director of Strategic Insights, who partnered with me on the Food and Technology 2023 Syndicated Study. This study was published just a couple weeks ago, and we are here to provide a sneak preview of what the study covers. Hey, Stas. Hey, Judy. I'm excited to be here today to talk about this study and, and what's an exciting space. It is exciting indeed, and timely. The last and first time we did this study was back in 2019, and even in that short span, we see a lot of changes. We have, yeah. The past several years, we've seen the food tech space really rapidly accelerating. Uh, Some of our listeners might remember, back in 2013, the world's first lab-grown burger premiered and was eaten on TV. I think it cost something like over $300,000 to make. And now we have foods produced through cutting-edge technologies that are really that are becoming available to consumers now. It was just a few years ago that Singapore, for example, approved Eat Just's cultivated chicken for sale. And just as we were in the middle of this research here in the U.S., the FDA gave the safety nod to Upside Foods cultivated meat, bringing it one step closer to putting products on store shelves. And we've already seen some products with things like precision fermentation. Uh, entering stores. So every day, it really seems like there's new developments in the space. Yeah, and it's not just the technology and production methods that have changed since 2019. We've also seen shifts in consumer perceptions and openness to technology and food, right? We did. Yeah, I think there's definitely a cultural shift or evolution underway in terms of how consumers are thinking about the roles of science, technology, in their food lives. Um, but, but maybe for exploring those shifts, maybe we should step back a bit and tell our listeners about the scope of this year's study, because we're talking about a really big topic, food and technology, and we made some choices about where to focus our analysis. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, the food tech landscape is broad. Lately, the news has focused a lot on what was once called lab-grown meat, and we could have an entire conversation about the nomenclature for just this one type of technology and production method. In fact, the industry is trying to still trying to figure out the best language to use for this technology. Back in November, for example, players in, a- in the Asian region agreed to use the term cultivated, but we've also seen cell cultured, cultured, cell-based, animal-free, among others. But yes, there's a lot of media attention given to the meat produced through cells, but technological and scientific innovation has impacted pretty much entire food system. This ranges from agriculture and food supply chains to food service and food ingredients to consumer tech. Obviously, we couldn't possibly explore all of these topics, so we decided to focus on technologies of food production and the consumer-facing technologies, such as home appliances and gadgets. Right. We focused on technology that was shaping and transforming food. You might call it tech in the mouth, which included production methods such as vertical agriculture, precision fermentation, and cellular agriculture, among others, and secondarily, technology in the home, things such as smart appliances. And that made for an interesting distinction in consumers' minds because we found that even as consumers have accepted, even embraced many scientific and technological innovations in their food lives, they don't accept all of them equally. Uh, we found, you know, openness and acceptance technology greater when it comes to home technologies. But when it comes to, as you said, you know, tech in the mouth, 
that is what consumers are putting in their bodies, they become more guarded and alarmed. And there are some deep-seated historical and cultural reasons for that, I think. Consumers' attitudes towards technological innovation really reveal some deep and lingering tensions between ideas of nature on one hand and science and technology on the other. And consumers are wary and skeptical of science, technology, and their food. It's probably no surprise to our listeners that consumers continue to idealize this idea of natural food, food that's as close to nature and undergoes as little transformation and manipulation as possible, as, as consumers often explain. And they see technology, or, or at least what they see as an over-reliance on it, as one of the chief culprits behind a lot of the problems with our food system. Things like unhealthy, highly processed foods are something that they often point to. And yet at the same time, they acknowledge and even celebrate science and technological progress pointing to the roles of innovation and helping to create a food system that can feed millions of people and provide people with safe and diverse food. So it's this interesting tension between these ideals of farm and field on one hand and images of factory and lab, which tend to kind of be negative in consumers' minds, or at least they were in the past. Yeah, that's really interesting and points to some of the insights that I was really struck by in the study. Uh, that these tensions have really only deepened in the past several years. We did see uptakes in the number of consumers who support the ideals of natural food production, but where we saw the biggest changes versus 2019 were with those consumers who acknowledge importance and need of science and technology to help address what consumers see as a cascade of urgent needs in the food system. And we've, and we've seen these come front and center in the past few years. Some things like climate change, growing awareness of, of the unsustainability of industrial farming and ethical downsides of animal agriculture. There's also worries about the food system's capacity to feed a growing population, especially with protein, uh, the health impact of pollution, the impact of COVID-19 pandemic. All of these have really helped soften consumers' resistance to science and technology in their food. Yeah, and there really was this kind of interesting nuance in that softening, right? While we found overall consumers were more open to science technology as potential solutions to these challenges, a lot of consumers were hesitant, if not resistant, to incorporating them into their personal lives. There was this overall belief that, yes, I see the need and justification for these methods of, of making food to address these big systemic challenges, but for me personally, I'm not sure I'm willing to jump on the bandwagon, at least not just yet. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, consumer opinion. Um, but not ex every technology had that that feedback. Um, there was more openness to those technologies that were more familiar and grounded in recognizable ways of making food. Some of the things like vertical agriculture and plant-based proteins that people are more familiar with. It was the more tech-forward disruptive methods that met the most doubt, the greatest doubt. Um, so we spend a lot of the report exploring consumer perceptions and questions around these technologies and offer a kind of framework that reflects the questions and issues consumers say they need addressed before being comfortable with some of these new technologies. For example, uh, consumers say that they need to know the technologies are resulting in food that is safe, that there won't be any short or long-term health consequences to eating foods produced through these technologies, and that the companies have done well, all they can to ensure the safety, that they've minimized, if not eliminated, the potential for unexpected health consequences. 
Right. Yeah. Safety was a table stakes issue, but we found that it wasn't sufficient on its own. We also heard consumers tell us that they really needed to understand what these technologies are and what their benefits are. And one of the interesting insights there was that while benefits related to sustainability, which I think if you look at the way that a lot of these companies are communicating in this space right now, they're leading with sustainability. And that's important, but sustainability on itself is not going to drive consumers to adopt these categories and foods on its own. There needs to be more. And so, for example, consumers also want to know that there are benefits that are personally meaningful and relevant to them, like health and nutrition. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think we found that none of the factors on their own will be enough to create mainstream market for some of these technologies. And just the industries and companies within really have to tap into a range of benefits and attributes. Right. And that's something we saw echoed to a lesser extent when we explored how consumers think about and orient to technologies in the home, right? Oh, yeah, there was certainly a lot more openness and interest to innovations in cooking appliances and kitchen gadgets. But, you know, even there, there's some weariness about too much technology, too much inter interruption, too much dependence. Convenience and time savings are important, but consumers also want to maintain connections to their food. So they do appreciate technology that helps them achieve goals such as better cooking and being healthier and being able to track and manage their health goals. But not everything. Yeah, so not a lot of consumers jumping up and down in excitement over companies using NFTs as marketing tools. Oh, yeah, NFTs. Um, yeah, that I still don't get that one. Um, but no, not a lot of interest, especially given that the scandals around NFTs and cryptocurrency that are playing out as we were fielding the study. But maybe that's a good place where we should end uh, this discussion. There's so much more going on in this space and so much we'll be continuing to track. The Food and Technology 2023 report is now available, and we have a free webinar hosted by our CEO, Lori Demerit, which is coming up just uh, next week on February 3rd. And you can follow links on today's podcast and get the full report on our website. So thank you, Stas, for making the time today, and thank you for all for listening. Thank you, Judy, and thank you all. Have a great day.